0: epilogue chapter one of crime and punishment by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine epilogue chapter one siberia on the banks of a broad solitary river stands a town one of the administrative centres of russia in the town there is a fortress in the fortress there is a prison in the prison the second-class convict Rodion raskolnikov has been confined for nine months almost a year and a half has passed since his crime there had been little difficulty about his trial the criminal adhered exactly firmly and clearly to his statement he did not confuse nor misrepresent the facts nor soften them in his own interest nor omit the smallest detail he explained every incident of the murder the secret of the pledge the piece of wood with a strip of metal which was found in the murdered woman's hand he described minutely how he had taken her keys what they were like as well as the chest and its contents he explained the mystery of lizaveta's murder described how koch and after him the student knocked and repeated all they had said to one another how he afterwards had run downstairs and heard nikolai and dmitri shouting how he had hidden in the empty flat and afterwards gone home he ended by indicating the stone in the yard off the vasnozensky prospect under which the purse and the trinkets were found the whole thing in fact was perfectly clear the lawyers and the judges were very much struck among other things by the fact that he had hidden the trinkets and the purse under a stone without making use of them and that what was more he did not now remember what the trinkets were like or even how many there were the fact that he had never opened the purse and did not even know how much was in it seemed incredible there turned out to be in the purse three hundred and seventeen rubles and sixty kopecks. from being so long under the stone some of the most valuable notes lying uppermost had suffered from the damp they were a long while trying to discover why the accused man should tell a lie about this when about everything else he had made a truthful and straightforward confession finally some of the lawyers more versed in psychology admitted that it was possible he had really not looked into the purse and so didn't know what was in it when he hid it under the stone but they immediately drew the deduction that the crime could only have been committed through temporary mental derangement through homicidal mania without object or the pursuit of gain this fell in with the most recent fashionable theory of temporary insanity so often applied in our days in criminal cases moreover raskolnikov's hypochondriacal condition was proved by many witnesses by dr zosimov his former fellow-students his landlady and her servant all this pointed strongly to the conclusion that raskolnikov was not quite like an ordinary murderer and robber but that there was another element in the case to the intense annoyance of those who maintained this opinion the criminal scarcely attempted to defend himself to the decisive question as to what motive impelled him to the murder and the robbery he answered very clearly with the coarsest frankness that the cause was his miserable position his poverty and helplessness and his desire to provide for his first steps in life by the help of the three thousand roubles he had reckoned on finding he had been led to the murder through his shallow and cowardly nature exasperated moreover by privation and failure to the question what led him to confess he answered that it was his heartfelt repentance all this was almost coarse the sentence however was more merciful than could have been expected perhaps partly because the criminal had not tried to justify himself but had rather shown a desire to exaggerate his guilt all the strange and peculiar circumstances of the crime were taken into consideration there could be no doubt of the abnormal and poverty-stricken condition of the criminal at the time the fact that he had made no use of what he had stolen was put down partly to the effect of remorse partly to his abnormal mental condition at the time of the crime incidentally the murder of lizaveta served indeed to confirm the last hypothesis a man commits two murders and forgets that the door is open finally the confession at the very moment when the case was hopelessly muddled by the false evidence given by Nikolai through melancholy and fanaticism and when moreover there were no proofs against the real criminal no suspicions even porfiry petrovitch fully kept his word all this did much to soften the sentence other circumstances too in the prisoner's favour came out quite unexpectedly Razumihin somehow discovered and proved that while raskolnikov was at the university he had helped a poor consumptive fellow-student and had spent his last penny on supporting him for six months and when the student died leaving a decrepit old father whom he had maintained almost from his thirteenth year raskolnikov had got the old man into a hospital and paid for his funeral when he died raskolnikov's landlady bore witness too that when they had lived in another house at five corners raskolnikov had rescued two little children from a house on fire and was burnt in doing so this was investigated and fairly well confirmed by many witnesses these facts made an impression in his favour and in the end the criminal was in consideration of extenuating circumstances condemned to penal servitude in the second class for a term of eight years only at the very beginning of the trial raskolnikov's mother fell ill dunya and razumihin found it possible to get her out of petersburg during the trial razumihin chose a town on the railway not far from petersburg so as to be able to follow every step of the trial and at the same time to see avdotya romanovna as often as possible pulkaria alexandrovna's illness was a strange nervous one and was accompanied by a partial derangement of her intellect when dunya returned from her last interview with her brother she had found her mother already ill in feverish delirium that evening Razumihin and she agreed what answers they must make to her mother's questions about raskolnikov and made up a complete story for her mother's benefit of his having to go away to a distant part of russia on a business commission which would bring him in the end money and reputation but they were struck by the fact that pulcheria alexandrovna never asked them anything on the subject neither then nor thereafter on the contrary she had her own version of her son's sudden departure she told them with tears how he had come to say good-bye to her hinting that she alone knew many mysterious and important facts and that Rogia had many very powerful enemies so that it was necessary for him to be in hiding as for his future career she had no doubt that it would be brilliant when certain sinister influences could be removed she assured razumihin that her son would be one day a great statesman that his article and brilliant literary talent proved it this article she was continually reading she even read it aloud almost took it to bed with her but scarcely asked where roja was though the subject was obviously avoided by the others which might have been enough to awaken her suspicions they began to be frightened at last at Pulkaria alexandrovna's strange silence on certain subjects she did not for instance complain of getting no letters from him though in previous years she had only lived on the hope of letters from her beloved roja this was the cause of great uneasiness to dunya the idea occurred to her that her mother suspected that there was something terrible in her son's fate and was afraid to ask for fear of hearing something still more awful in any case dunya saw clearly that her mother was not in full possession of her faculties it happened once or twice however that pulcheria alexandrovna gave such a turn to the conversation that it was impossible to answer her without mentioning where vodya was and on receiving unsatisfactory and suspicious answers she became at once gloomy and silent and this mood lasted for a long time dunya saw at last that it was hard to deceive her and came to the conclusion that it was better to be absolutely silent on certain points but it became more and more evident that the poor mother suspected something terrible dunya remembered her brother's telling her that her mother had overheard her talking in her sleep on the night after her interview with svidrigailov and before the fatal day of the confession had not she made out something from that sometimes days and even weeks of gloomy silence and tears would be succeeded by a period of hysterical animation and the invalid would begin to talk almost incessantly of her son of her hopes of his future her fancies were sometimes very strange they humoured her pretended to agree with her she saw perhaps that they were pretending but she still went on talking five months after raskolnikov's confession he was sentenced razumihin and sonya saw him in prison as often as it was possible at last the moment of separation came dunya swore to her brother that the separation should not be for ever razumihin did the same razumihin in his youthful ardour had firmly resolved to lay the foundations at least of a secure livelihood during the next three or four years and saving up a certain sum to emigrate to siberia a country rich in every natural resource and in need of workers active men and capital there they would settle in the town where rodya was and all together would begin a new life they all wept at parting raskolnikov had been very dreamy for a few days before he asked a great deal about his mother and was constantly anxious about her he worried so much about her that it alarmed dunya when he heard about his mother's illness he became very gloomy with sonya he was particularly reserved all the time with the help of the money left to her by svidrigailov sonya had long ago made her preparations to follow the party of convicts in which he was dispatched to siberia not a word passed between raskolnikov and her on the subject but both knew it would be so at the final leave-taking he smiled strangely at his sister's and razumihin's fervent anticipations of their happy future together when he should come out of prison He predicted that their mother's illness would soon have a fatal ending sonya and he at last set off two months later dunya was married to razumihin it was a quiet and sorrowful wedding porfiry petrovitch and zosimov were invited however during all this period razumihin wore an air of resolute determination dunya put implicit faith in his carrying out his plans and indeed she could not but believe in him He displayed a rare strength of will among other things he began attending university lectures again in order to take his degree they were continually making plans for the future both counted on settling in siberia within five years at least till then they rested their hopes on sonya Volkaria alexandrovna was delighted to give her blessing to dunya's marriage with razumihin but after the marriage she became even more melancholy and anxious to give her pleasure Razumihin told her how raskolnikov had looked after the poor student and his decrepit father and how a year ago he had been burnt and injured in rescuing two little children from a fire these two pieces of news excited pulcheria alexandrovna's disordered imagination almost to ecstasy she was continually talking about them even entering into conversation with strangers in the street though dunya always accompanied her in public conveyances and shops wherever she could capture a listener she would begin the discourse about her son his article how he had helped the student how he had been burnt at the fire and so on dunya did not know how to restrain her apart from the danger of her morbid excitement there was the risk of someone's recalling raskolnikov's name and speaking of the recent trial volkeria alexandrovna found out the address of the mother of the two children her son had saved and insisted on going to see her at last her restlessness reached an extreme point she would sometimes begin to cry suddenly and was often ill and feverishly delirious one morning she declared that by her reckoning Roja ought soon to be home and she remembered when he said good-bye to her he said that they must expect him back in nine months she began to prepare for his coming began to do up her room for him to clean the furniture to wash and put up new hangings and so on dunya was anxious but said nothing and helped her to arrange the room after a fatiguing day spent in continual fancies in joyful daydreams and tears Polkaria alexandrovna was taken ill in the night and by morning she was feverish and delirious it was brain fever she died within a fortnight in her delirium she dropped words which showed that she knew a great deal more about her son's terrible fate than they had supposed for a long time raskolnikov did not know of his mother's death though a regular correspondence had been maintained from the time he reached siberia it was carried on by means of sonya who wrote every month to the razumihins and received an answer with unfailing regularity at first they found sonya's letters dry and unsatisfactory but later on they came to the conclusion that the letters could not be better for from these letters they received a complete picture of their unfortunate brother's life sonya's letters were full of the most matter-of-fact detail The simplest and clearest description of all raskolnikov's surroundings as a convict there was no word of her own hopes no conjecture as to the future no description of her feelings instead of any attempt to interpret his state of mind and inner life she gave the simple facts That is, his own words an exact account of his health what he asked for at their interviews what commission he gave her and so on all these facts she gave with extraordinary minuteness The picture of their unhappy brother stood out at last with great clearness and precision. There could be no mistake, because nothing was given but facts. But Dunya and her husband could get little comfort out of the news, especially at first. Sonya wrote that he was constantly sullen and not ready to talk, that he scarcely seemed interested in the news she gave him from their letters, that he sometimes asked after his mother, and that when, seeing that he had guessed the truth, she told him at last of her death, She was surprised to find that he did not seem greatly affected by it, not externally at any rate. She told them that although he seemed so wrapped up in himself and as it were shut himself off from everyone, he took a very direct and simple view of his new life. That he understood his position, expected nothing better for the time, had no ill-founded hopes, as is so common in his position, and scarcely seemed surprised at anything in his surroundings, so unlike anything he had known before she wrote that his health was satisfactory he did his work without shirking or seeking to do more he was almost indifferent about food but except on sundays and holidays the food was so bad that at last he had been glad to accept some money from her sonya to have his own tea every day he begged her not to trouble about anything else declaring that all this fuss about him only annoyed him sonya wrote further that in prison he shared the same room with the rest that she had not seen the inside of their barracks but concluded that they were crowded miserable and unhealthy that he slept on a plank bed with a rug under him and was unwilling to make any other arrangement but that he lived so poorly and roughly not from any plan or design but simply from inattention and indifference sonya wrote simply that he had at first shown no interest in her visits had almost been vexed with her indeed for coming unwilling to talk and rude to her but that in the end these visits had become a habit and almost a necessity for him so that he was positively distressed when she was ill for some days and could not visit him she used to see him on holidays at the prison gates or in the guard room, to which he was brought for a few minutes to see her on working days she would go to see him at work either at the workshops or at the brick kilns or at the sheds on the banks of the irtish about herself sonya wrote that she had succeeded in making some acquaintances in the town that she did sewing and as there was scarcely a dressmaker in the town she was looked upon as an indispensable person in many houses that she did not mention that the authorities were through her interested in raskolnikov that his task was lightened and so on at last the news came dunya had indeed noticed signs of alarm and uneasiness in the preceding letters that he held aloof from everyone that his fellow prisoners did not like him that he kept silent for days at a time and was becoming very pale in the last letter sonya wrote that he had been taken very seriously ill and was in the convict ward of the hospital end of epilogue chapter one recording by expatriate in bangor maine